Hi, my name is Trina Wilcox. This is the Writer's Room for Run Radio. And my guest today, Ambika Devi, welcome. Hi, thank you, Trina. It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yes, yeah, so one of the things that I liked in your bio is that you have hot tips for writers, H-O-T, <laughs> all caps. So I think this will be great for our audience that is, you know, if experiencing maybe writing for the first time, publishing, self-publishing for the first time. And for those that, you know, feel a little stale, I feel like you might be able to speak to all of that. Yes, uh, I'm happy to share anything that may appear as a secret. (laughs) It will no longer be. Let's let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. I want to know just about your writing process, how long you've been writing, what Mm, I'm completely. Oh, okay, Yeah. What sparks me? Well, I've been doing it since I could hold a crayon. So uh, it just is. I really okay. can't say uh, I'm driven. Well, I'm driven, I guess, uh, as a tiny little child and uh, holding a crayon um, with paper, I began to tell stories. And then as I started, I had an older brother uh, who's 13 years older. So he had reading material much different than mine. So I would sneak in his room and look at things that were kind of discarded, like Mad Magazine. And I started making graphic novels in the borders of my notebook paper in in third grade. And my teacher was fine with it. My second grade teacher didn't like it. But by the time I got to third grade and she was really kind of weaning us off of books that had any pictures, even just a few. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was cool with me describing things sometimes in the borders with imagery. Uh, so I mean, it started way, way back then. Um, now, oh, well, it's definitely a way to, to open up my own emotions and dump my heart out. And uh, you know, all artists, uh, you're probably familiar with the artist's way and your audience probably is. Uh, you know, it's a helpful thing to journal. And I have tons and tons of journals. I've saved a lot. I have dream journals, idea journals, uh, story journals, speaking journals, you know, all kinds of them. So it's just what I'm into (laughs) and I live alone and I don't have pets and I don't have children. So I have lots of time to just pour into my creativity. So when we journal, I know that a lot of us use the keyboard a lot. There is something cool about the keyboard. I don't hate it at all, but there's still some magic to just good old fashioned pen, pencil, and paper. So do you feel like you have a different way of letting stuff flow out of you when you do that versus Mm -hmm. just sitting down at a keyboard? Well, one of my, one of my hot tips is don't let anything slide by, have a method to catch it. I don't care which method. If you, I, I've walked around and carried a backpack with a journal and then started carrying a pad because I could have a gazillion books in my backpack also. Uh, I love colored pens. I love to draw, obviously. I mean, it started very early. It morphed into colored pens. And even if I'm, uh, I've done a lot of school and study. And if in a lecture of some sort, I'll have many, ooh, many colored pens and uh, change colors, sometimes just for emphasis in taking notes. So just going through a page has many colors. It gets very rainbow. Um, it's just my process. I'm unconventional. Uh, I don't get up every morning and write. If I have a dream, I do because I want okay. to catch it in my dream journal. But sometimes I use an app on my phone to take dictation. 
So, you know, I use Otter AI. Try it. You can use it for free. It's amazing. And I've written a ton of stuff because now we're in front of screens all the time. At least I, I am. At, well, not as much as I could be. So I like to close my eyes. Maybe I'll go out on the lanai. That's a covered patio, if you're not familiar with the term. And uh, lie down on one of the loungers and close my eyes and just talk, tell a story. And my phone takes dictation. Uh, when I'm driving, I get ideas. Uh, sometimes they happen in the shower. A lot of us get ideas, you know, in the water. Uh, I have a pool, so... I live in, in the subtropics. And so I spend a lot of time in the water and take something with me to catch ideas. Sometimes I'm floating on my back and all of a sudden I have an idea and I run over to my, well, swim over to my phone and, you know, get it down. So that's key, you know, don't let anything pass by. I know we all have, I still do, you know, but I try to catch as much. And then I have a file system that makes sense to me, you know, where I can, save all my scraps. And I also use Evernote, which is a kind of a nice word processor that goes across platforms. And that's totally worth investing a little into if you're a writer, because you might throw something down in the morning, end up somewhere where you have to talk about it later, and you've got it, you know, you can see it on another screen. Those are, those are the writing tips. Mm -hmm. But then the other thing is get up and move around. Yes. Throw, put a song on and dance. Or I, when I got a mini trampoline and put it five steps away from my desk, from mm -hmm. where I'm sitting right now, it changed my whole life. <laughs> Those things are you great. Know? They get the blood flowing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't only have a glass of water. So you get up to get water. And when you do go dance around a bit, put a song on or just bounce or do some yoga, have a mat out somewhere. These are all things well, I do. You've got a lot of experience, years of experience with meditation. Mm -hmm. So how, how, how did that come into your life and why do you find it important? Oh, uh, meditation is for clearing the mind. A lot of people mistaken it for focusing on something. It's about letting go and disappearing from what we think reality and the world of opposites of I like it and I don't like it, something's good, something's bad, disappears. It clears the mind out. So then great ideas can come in. They come in when you're coming out of it. I was introduced to it when I was six years old. I went to a Quaker school and we had to sit for an hour on Wednesday mornings with first through sixth grade. So all those kids sat quietly for an hour. Wow. It was something we craved. It really? was a chill out midweek. You know, yeah. it was a dark, cool, stone, old building with these red velvety kind of cushions on what didn't look really comfortable, but they actually were benches. And there was something about being in a darker, cooler space that was had a cozy feel, even though it was pretty grand in size mm -hmm. and just being. Now, if you give a little child something and you you act like you enjoy it, they're going to, too. So that's how it was introduced to all of us. How has meditation served you best and how has it changed for you over the years? Mm, I mean, I've I've taken teacher trainings, yoga teacher trainings through five schools. Two of them are ashram lineages. I still study 
with Shivananda Ashram, which was the fifth of those five. I got my first yoga teacher certification in 1978. I received my teacher training certificate from Shivananda in 2000 and, oh, it's skipping my mind. I got my master's degree in yoga in 2012, uh, 2010, I believe, from Shivananda. And I've been studying, they've gone on Zoom quickly. And uh, I've been studying with them all along. And, you know, I loved traveling there. It's a way to donate to them and keep that little organization on in the Bahamas going. But with the last two years, uh, taking class on Zoom has been a luxury. And it's very inspiring. I get a lot of ideas of what to write about. Mm -hmm. I just posted a blog at my site, which is myname.com, ambakadevi.com. Uh, I'm sure you'll give the link to yes. your listeners. Um, so uh, it's about cross-comparing affirmations, mantras, and prayers. And uh, really, to me, they're all the same, but there are ways to supercharge them. And in taking this class I'm taking right now, it's so exciting because it circled me back to one of my favorite meditation teachers. We called him Bonte. That's just a kind of a term of endearment. Uh, I met him when he was 103 years old and wrote about it in my second book, Unfolding Happiness. Wow. And wrote about this phrase that now I'm learning came from Emil Quay. Many people use it. Emil Quay was a very well-known French psychologist in the late 1800s. And he developed this phrase, day by day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. Have you, maybe you've heard a version of it. And Bonte used every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. And he would actually get us all chanting and singing it kind of in whatever tune came to our heads and dancing around the room and laughing. And uh, it was just kind of a, an energetic fun party cleanse out, you know, after sitting silently, he also liked to beam this kind of liquidy, spacey looking green light with floodlights in the meditation space. He was known as the monk of green. Uh, like I said, I tell more of his story in unfolding happiness and uh this phrase keeps coming back. I was uh, at Mine Valley in 2018 in Estonia for a month, and Vision, the leader of, of Mine Valley, was using a version. His was every day in every way. I'm getting better and better and better. And I, I thought, why'd you add the extra better? I never heard three betters. But uh, okay, you know, uh, he was really into it. He's also very into silver mine technique which I took a certification course on while I was there with him. And, uh, and then now I'm taking this class developed by Swami Swarupananda, who is the Acharya of the Bahamas campus. And it's the only course he ever created that isn't from the Vedas or the Mahabharata or the Bhagavad Gita or Patanjali's sutras. It's, it's kind of like outside the box, but he feels it's such perfect yogic philosophy to express in English. And so I just wrote this article. It's also available in audio if you want to listen to it. So how did you decide to, was it through meditation or just your heart to make your writing part of motivating other people to write and get their book out and just encourage your audience in general? When I first kind of got the gumption to, okay, I'm, I had been writing articles for newspapers, periodicals, monthly uh, magazines, 
things like that. And I had seven pen names <laughs> that I wrote under. Um, yes, uh, everything from lowrider events to quinceanera uh, and dry cleaner shops and festivals and reggaeton artists. And it was for a Spanglish newspaper at one time. Uh, and I was writing astrology and also kind of a ask me anything column, you know, mm -hmm. uh, mostly about relationships. And so then uh, I was I was really into the TV show Sex and the City and Carrie, one of the uh, one of the characters is a writer writing columns about, you know, being her age in New York City and turned it into a book. And I thought, wait a minute. Why couldn't I turn some of my stuff into a book? So, and then a client of mine, an astrology client of mine said, you should write a book. She was a fan of my stuff. And uh, she encouraged me. I dedicated my first book to her, Michelle. And uh, the first book is Lilith. It's a novel. So, okay, I start working on it for three years. And I feel like I'm kind of, I don't know what I'm doing. And I heard about this guy who's a famous chef, had a cafe, a bookstore, a restaurant, and he had a publishing company all in this really cool building in Scottsdale, Arizona. I was living a little north of there in Scottsdale. And they got together once, I guess, on a regular basis. I can't remember if it was weekly or biweekly, but uh, and they mentored young writers. You know, when I say young, I don't mean young in age. I mean, green yeah. in publishing. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought I finally got the the. You know, to go and and show up, and I called to make a reservation, and they said, "Oh, we're so sorry, we ended that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was like, nah, nah, you know, right. and <laughs> but it was it was the publisher who answered the phone, the chef, the famous one. He was in town, and uh, he said, "Why don't you come down? Let's make an appointment. I want to meet you." I don't know. I must have said something right. Who knows? I got all nervous, but it just so happened that he was publishing a dear, dear friend of my father for years. And so my family said, well, go, you know, he publishes this guy. Why not? And so I did. And he became my writing coach for 10 years. And he that's how long, 13 years for that first book. Uh, interestingly enough, the title, which turned out to be Lilith, was 13 the number of the goddess when I first started writing. I mean, those are the original files. And uh, so we made a relationship. He published that book. I had a three book deal. Um, things went a little weird as they can with publishers. So be careful, which is why I encourage people to self-publish in the beginning. And uh, that's my path. Might not be yours. That's fine. That was what, what is called a hybrid. People aren't really using that term anymore. But that's really what's happening. You pay to be published. But okay. I was paying to be coached. So it's kind of worked into the deal, you know? Right. And then when I started working on the second book, Unfolding Happiness, he wanted, he, he said, you know what? Just take it. You go do it. You should be a publisher. So I stayed up for three nights and figured out how to be a publisher and did all the paperwork. And uh, I can explain it. It's really not rocket science. And learned about copywriting and all that stuff. <laughs> and uh, created a second version, ultimately, of Lilith. So it's actually in its second edition, because I took on the publishing rights. Okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, get, I mean, that's a private kind of conversation I need to have with each and every 
person writing to help you figure out what's the best route for you because I've taken several and now I'm a publisher. I have my own label. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that would be, that might be another, if you want to come back and talk, speak on that, because I think it can get confusing what's best and not necessarily one is always better for the other. And sometimes it may just be book by book, what you might choose to do. Like I learned with children's books, you've got an illustrator involved, then you've got the book involved. If you're paying someone for any, if they're taking a cut for publishing, you ain't going to be left with a lot. So well, also when it comes to the visuals, and I would love to come back and talk about this because I have a degree in fine arts. I do my covers, you know, yes. I, I, now this one, Cupid is a Bastard, my sixth book is, uh, and it's about love of all kinds. Um, that's a collage. I have been a collage artist forever, but I do have an art department that works for me. Mm -hmm. And I have also a web department that works for me who, you know, I, you, there comes a point where you have to start paying people to do things. You have to stop trying to do everything yeah. because you'll make yourself nuts. Right. And you want to put your focus on your passion. You don't want to become unhappy, you know, that okay. can stagnate you. It's we were talking earlier. I can't remember if it was before we hit the record button, but we were talking about uh, motivation or, you know, I do it in the moment. Oh, it was we were because I was talking about capture it. Um, but the, the other thing is play with other art forms and that's the artist way. Now I went to art school. So of course I got into the artist way when, the, when it came out and I was a visual artist who was checking out, uh, the, you know, oh, okay. Journaling, but I've always done it, but you know, it's kind of fun to take the course and learn a way to present it because some people really crave and need structure, you know, they, they, I am not that type. I am that free, you know, flowing kind of chiquita that, <laughs> but some people do need that, you know, get up at 6am or 4am and, you know, do this and, and yeah. write at this point. And even if you sit and stare at your paper, uh, I don't have a problem of stuff wanting to come out of my heart, down my arm and through a pen or a keyboard. Well, before we go, I do want to talk about your next book. Tell us a little bit about that and where people can find it. My next book or no, the, the newest book? Promo the newest. Oh, the newest book. Yes. Cupid is a Bastard. Tell it's, <laughs> but maybe not, maybe not such a bastard because the thing is I've had a lot of lovers and family and friends who have died. And this was my pandemic project. Uh, I was, remember I said earlier, I don't have pets. I, I don't, I, I live alone. I don't have children. And I had originally moved here to be with my mother until the end of her life. And she I am actually grateful she died in 2019 before all the crazy hit. And I feel so much for the people who had to go through that with elderly or the elderly who had to go through that because I she lived in an assisted living for five years. So I really got to know them. I would go do slideshows and presentations and sing and, you know, do all sorts of stuff because I hung out there with her and creativity was a big part of that community. And I loved it. Uh, so when she died and as she was coming closer and closer, I began to write a lot. Uh, I, I think a lot of us do that when we're dealing with death uh, that or loss. That <laughs> I see a lot of writers when they finally hit a level show up in my writing group that I attend. That's another thing is let somebody be your cheerleader. 
uh, I love to write to prompts. This book, Cupid is a Bastard, was inspired by prompts, uh, meaning taking little bits of another writer and thinking about it and then being inspired by it and writing. And my editor also, you know, part of the team, uh, hosts and conducts these on a regular basis. Some co-ed, one group is a very heavy duty group that's been together for over two years. And uh, now is, you know, we have a lot of trust, it's all women. So finding a little group like that, I think for some, some, uh -uh, I know you want to just be on your own. So this book uh, has love stories. It has recollections of dreams in the form of flash fiction. There's poetry. I tell some background story. I definitely give my readers an idea of, okay, what's going on here? Even why did you name a book Cupid is a Bastard? And that I explain in the trailer on my YouTube uh, and also on Instagram and TikTok, of course. <laughs> um, and then the poems that I wrote while my mom was dying. And also she would have been 100 this year. So every year on her birthday, I write a poem and I stash those in my poetry files. And some old poems that were stashed there ended up here. And then uh, the whole thing was named and kind of really sprung at one of our writing state treats, which are long weekends, uh, quarterly where we had a prompt and it inspired me to tell a story of a dating app experience just prior to the lockdown. And I entitled this little one page essay, Cupid is a Bastard. We always have, <laughs> uh, we always have a guest speaker during these long weekends. And just so happened we had one from the main publishing industry, the big publishing industry. And I, it was my turn to read. So we write to prompts and then we come back and read and we do it again and we do it again. And uh, so I read my little essay and I, I usually title stuff. That's how I can find it in my files later. Uh, it may change, but that's how it starts. And she, as soon as I read, I named this one, Cupid is a Bastard. She screamed out, ah, that's a great name. And I thought, okay, as soon as I'm done reading, I'm buying that URL. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Is there anything you wanna share real quickly before we close? Uh, please connect with me. I actually hang out with you once a month. So if you join my mailing list at ambikadevi.com, I will invite you every month to get together for a movie or a guest speaker or both uh, different presenters. And it's free just to say thank you for opening my once a month email. Uh, there's also free stuff there that you can learn from about the different topics that I'm involved in and my blog. So, you know, you're all bookworms like me. You might like that. Thank I'm going to so go much. check it out. So <laughs> thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Trina. I really appreciate being here. And thank you for listening to the end, thank everyone. Thank you.